Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. If you would open your Bibles to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. This is God's Word. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Do you ever suppose when you see someone experience tragedy, I mean like, wow, tragedy, boom, something really powerful. They must have done something to deserve that. I mean, after all, we know that sometimes the way a person presents themselves in public is not the full story. And so there's a tendency, at least on my part, and I expect on the part of some of you, to wonder if there wasn't some reason. This is, in a scriptural context, it's truly the principle of sowing and reaping. The Bible says, God is not mocked. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. And so if something really bad happens, it's like, oh, I bet they did something to deserve that. Now, Sometimes, that is what's going on, but not always. Job, 
Job endured one disaster after another disaster after another disaster after another disaster. And it wasn't because he'd done something wrong. It was because he was being attacked by Satan because God had pointed out what an extraordinarily godly man he was. He was doing the right thing, and as a result, he attracted the loving attention of God and the attack of Satan, which was permitted by God. Wow, I don't get that at all. Well, Job didn't get that. Job couldn't figure out what happened. What did I do, was his question. I'll tell you another example where it wasn't because the person had done something wrong. There was a man who was born blind. And so Jesus' disciples asked him, who was it that sinned in order to bring about this blindness? Was it because of a sin he committed, or was it because of a sin his parents committed? Jesus said neither. That's not to say the man had never sinned, and it's not to say his parents had never sinned. It is to say that the suffering he endured in his life with his blindness was not a result of his sin or his parents' sin. In fact, it was part of God's plan in order to manifest God's glory and reveal who Jesus is. So that when he was healed, it was a miracle that no one could deny. Sometimes when we look at things, we have a very hard time understanding what's really going on. And so they came to Jesus, a group of them. And they said, did you hear about what happened to those Galileans? Jesus, remember, was a Galilean. Did did you hear about what they did to those people from your area? Pilate mixed their blood with that, that of their sacrifices. He killed those people. That's what happened to them. What do you think of that? And Jesus said, do you think that's because they deserve to die more than the other people? No. But I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Does that mean that you're going to be killed by Pilate? No, it means instead of trying to figure out what this person may have done wrong, or this person may have done wrong, or this person may have done wrong, you need to be looking at your heart. You need to be examining yourself before God and saying, Lord, I need your grace. I need for you to change me. Jesus then gave them another example. Tower and Salome fell on a bunch of people and killed them. You think they were more guilty than the other people? Jesus says no. See, Jesus brought up that one. They had brought up the other. Jesus says, well, I'll give you another example. He said, do you think they were more guilty? No. But unless you repent you too will all perish. He doesn't say some of you are in danger of perishing. All of us deserve hell. Not just certain ones, 
We live in an age when a lot of people think the, the idea of anybody going to hell is just completely barbaric, that's ridiculous. If there is a God, he certainly wouldn't be like that. I mean, there's no way. Those folks are utterly clueless. They not only don't recognize the grotesque evil that happens every day in this world, they don't recognize the grotesque evil in their own hearts. Jeremiah the prophet doesn't just say that the heart is extremely wicked. He says the heart is deceitfully wicked. What does that mean? It means we don't even know how bad we are. My teeth looked relatively white until my beard turned white. You understand? You see, compared to other people, you know, I've seen people with bad teeth, you know, I mean, I mean it's like a gross, that's just gruesome. My teeth are pretty good. Uh, maybe not. Beard came in and now I, you, you may have noticed that now I just speak like this. <laughs> no. But I no longer labor under the delusion that my teeth are pearly white. They are not. Pastor, you can get some of those strips and put on there and, you know, you can, yeah. or laser treatments. I hear they do laser treatments. No, I'm just glad they're my teeth. I inherited a number of durable body parts, and I'm glad of that. And probably whenever I die, I'll still have my teeth. But you know what? My body's still going to give out, and I'm going to have to stand before God. And if I try and stand before God on the basis of the things I've done, you know, well, God, I want you to notice I, I did do that this morning. Just for example, I, uh, I, I made my wife's breakfast for her and brought it to her while she was still sleeping. I, I, you know, I, on the basis of what do I commend myself to God? Nothing except the blood of Jesus. His righteousness and his righteousness alone. That's my only hope. Not anything good that I have done, and not any list of things that I've abstained from. Jesus says to all of them, and hence to all of us, you need to repent. You need to repent. You need to repent, or you too will perish. Folks, with current events, many of us are realizing all the more that our time on earth is temporary. While I have many on my heart that I pray will surrender to Jesus, I'm beginning to get very excited about soon spending forever with him. Can you relate? If you're like many of us who are rethinking our wills, I'd like to ask you to consider leaving a gift to support the kids at Wears Valley Ranch. We have a program called Legacy 145. It's based on Psalm 145.4. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. If participating in something that will pass on the gospel to future generations after you're in heaven interests you, go to wvr.org and click on the icon for Legacy 145. That's wvr.org 
and click on the Legacy 145 button. Or you can give us a call at 866-41-ABIDE. That's 866-41-ABIDE. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is And then he told them this parable. It was about a man who had a vineyard and he planted a fig tree. And God's command, by the way, and this is good husbandry of, of your fruit trees, you don't eat the fruit for the first three years, okay? Even if it produces fruit, you let it grow, but you wait. I have no idea why. But I, I know that that's what it says, and I've been told by people who have apple trees and peach trees and so forth that, you know, you need to wait a few years before you eat the fruit. I guess, okay. But you should be getting fruit. It's not like after three years it should start to produce fruit. No. It should be producing fruit. And this guy went to see how his tree was doing. And it wasn't producing any fruit the first year. And it didn't produce any fruit the second year. And it didn't produce any fruit the third year. And so he said, the owner said to the guy who took care of everything, cut it down. It's just a, a waste of space. It's using up soil but not producing anything. Get rid of it. And the man said, please, let me give it some special attention. Let me cultivate it more closely. Give it one more year. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Now, why did Jesus tell that story? Because the history of this nation the history of the Jewish people was that they killed the prophets. They had prophets. God sent them prophets. But they killed the prophets. Oh, so they're more wicked than the, uh, the pagan nations. No. <laughs> no. But this was a special group planted by God. God had chosen them out of all the people on the earth, not because they were better, not because they were stronger, not because they were smarter, but simply because God chose them. His choice is a matter of grace. All of us deserve hell. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody has vomited into the soup. Everybody has messed up. We all deserve hell. And God, in his mercy, has chosen to save some for the glory of his name. And if that is offensive to you, if that just eats on you because it's like, no, that's not democratic, get over it. The question is not, how does that make you feel? The question is not, does that seem American? The question is, is that what God says in his word? Well, I don't think that's fair. You want fair? Go to hell. I can't believe you said that, Pastor. No, no, no. Understand what I'm saying. Fair, if we all just got what's fair, all of us would be destroyed. All of us would be destroyed. Not some of us would be destroyed, or most of us would be destroyed. All of us would be destroyed if we only got what's fair. So what do we need to do? We need to repent. We need to repent. 
probably been 10 years ago now. But a woman was walking down the sidewalk in downtown Maryville, Tennessee, just 30 minutes from here. And as she walked down the sidewalk, a huge section of the brick wall of the building that she was next to that had been there for longer than she'd been alive, I think, that huge section of brick broke loose and fell on top of her and killed her. Now, when I hear that story, my first thought was, boy, I wonder what she did. I know the Bible. I know this passage. I knew this passage and had preached this passage prior to that event. But I mean, that's a whole big section of brick that's been there forever and it picked that particular moment to drop down and crush her. She must have done something. No! Jesus says that's the wrong way to think. Instead, when something like that happens, I need to say, am I ready to die? Am I ready right now? What if suddenly I'm in the presence of God and I have to give an account? Where's my hope? What am I counting on? Jesus knew that very soon the crowds would call for his death. Jesus knew that all the guilt of all the previous slaughter of God's servants brought to focus as God incarnate would hear the cries of his people. Crucify him! Crucify him! Because the unregenerate heart is hostile toward God. And so Jesus said, judgment is coming. In 70 AD, the Romans would absolutely destroy Jerusalem. Within a generation of when Jesus is speaking these words, the tree is going to be cut down because it did not produce fruit. And yet God in his mercy even then preserved a remnant. Not just preserving the Jewish line, which is still a miracle today, the way that God has preserved and preserved and preserved, and one day they will look on the one that they have pierced. And there will be a tremendous harvest of Jewish people. As a matter of fact, we're seeing some of that right now in the world. God is doing amazing things, even in the nation of Israel, not just in other countries where Jewish people are coming to faith. But I'll tell you this. The only hope for any individual is not their ethnicity. It's not their genetic makeup. It's not their childhood upbringing. 
full relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not enough to know the story. It's not even enough to believe it's true. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that the devil believes that Jesus is God incarnate? Absolutely, he knows that. Do you believe that he knows Jesus is born of a virgin? Absolutely, he knows that. Do you believe that the devil believes the miracles in the Bible really happened? Absolutely, he knows they did. Well, do you believe that he believes Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins? Yes, he knows that. Well, does he believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Of course, he knows that. Does he believe Jesus is coming again? Yes, he knows that. He knows his time is short. Does he know that his doom is sure? Yes, he knows that. Is that going to save him? No. Because knowing the truth is not the same thing as saying, Lord, have your way. Have you come to the point where you don't just believe it with your head, but you say to him in a relational faith, Lord, I'm yours. I want you to have your way. Our Father in heaven, may your name be hallowed. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our basic needs, our daily bread, and forgive us. Have forgiven others who have wronged us. Lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Because the kingdom and the power and the glory belong to you forever. Have you entered into that? Have you put your trust in Jesus? He's the only one who saves. And when you hear about somebody who dies suddenly, don't wonder if maybe they did something wrong. Ask yourself, am I ready? Am I ready? Because none of us knows when it may be our time. I want you to be ready. And so Jesus says to all of us, repent. Repent. Well, I've already repented, so I guess I'm done with that. No. No, it's a life of repentance. The churches in the book of Revelation were told, one by one, five out of seven, specifically told, repent, repent, repent. These were people who'd already repented, but they still needed to repent. Why? Well, I'll tell you in my life, it's because even though I yielded my life to the Lord at a young age, I have an ongoing issue 
with my flesh, wanting to do things that I should not do. And sometimes I give in. Sometimes I do things I shouldn't do and I fail to do things I should do. And sometimes my attitude isn't what it should be. And therefore, I need to continually go to the Lord and say, Father, forgive me, cleanse me, change me, transform me from the inside out. Grant it, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.